your money today, Carolyn Wright looks, takes a look back at the major market moving issues from last year, asking what we should have learned from them. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In your money today, we're going to take a look back at some financial lessons we should have learned over the course of 2023 and how we investors should be positioning ourselves as a result. I'm joined now by Greg Van, the CEO of Digital Wealth Platform and Dowis. Thank you for coming in again, Greg. It's lovely to see you and Happy New Year. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's kick off with a look back at 2023. <clears throat> what would you say the most significant financial and market events of the year were? So we were definitely in a year where people were extremely concerned about inflation and higher interest rates and what that would do to the economy. Now, all throughout the year, and I remember at the very beginning of the year, a lot of clients, friends, even my parents were frantically saying, oh my gosh, I need to move to cash. I need to move to cash. And wow, my fixed deposit rate is moving up to 4% and then 4 5%, 5%, 5.5%. And through that entire period, what you see is the market re-rating itself relative to those interest rates, right? And that's really what we saw in 2022 when stock markets were down 20%, bond markets were down 15%. The market was perceiving what would happen in the future and pricing that in so they re-rate accordingly. And as a result of that re-rating, I was like, please don't move to cash. You need to stay invested towards your goals. The risk premiums, which, are, which is basically by taking on riskier assets in a diversified manner, will reward you by sitting in that seat. And that's basically kind of what happened. We saw global markets, I mean, marked by the MSCI All Country World Index, so that's emerging markets and developed markets, up over 20% last year. Yes, it was volatile, but the market eventually works itself out. Global bonds up um, over 7% last year. And unfortunately, people who sat out of the markets in cash to, yes, earn a more stable return, missed out on a very, very good year. The other point I would say is you need to be diversified. We saw the Hang Seng Index close down over 10%. Hang Seng Index is one of the most significant markets in the world. But if you're only invested in the Hang Seng Index, you had a terrible year in markets. Terrible. So we learned a few things. You need to be diversified. You need to stay invested towards your goals. And that's based on the duration you have towards those goals. Not try to time the market, chase equities, chase cash, chase whatever it is. The headlines, I think, all around the, the close of 2023 and at the very beginning of the year uh, are about what the Fed is going to do. And I think this, this harks back to exactly what you said about investors trying to, to second guess what's going to happen. And there's been a lot of movement where uh, are we going to get a rate cut by March? How many are we going to get? So what should investors be doing? How should they be positioning themselves around that? And should they care or should they not? Everyone has access to the same information. And we all know the Fed is signaling higher for longer. They've been doing so for a long time. And, you know, they're a good leading indicator for what a lot of other central banks will do. Now, it's very, very difficult to outguess 
the way the market has already priced assets accordingly, right? Which is why now when the Fed announces, you see very, very little movement in the market. You see very little. And, and people are expecting big moves, but they don't get them, right? Because the market is pricing that stuff every day. We have to, we have to appreciate that in, in global stock markets alone, over $600 billion a day changes hands. When you add in currencies, fixed income, commodities, we're talking about trillions of dollars a day changing hands. Your own perception, I mean, just be very, very humble about your own view of what may happen to interest rates versus the way the market has already priced it. And again, everything is relative. So if cash is paying 5%, bonds will get beaten down to a price where people think the expected return is higher, so it's worthwhile to own bonds versus cash. And the same goes for equities. And we need to think fundamentals. When we think back to fundamentals, why is it that stocks have a higher expected return than bonds? Why? Because if a company were to go bankrupt, the bondholders would be paid back first. So if stocks were ever at a price where the expected return were lower than bonds, the price would go down so that the relative return or the relative expected return for the risk taken makes sense. And we have to trust the market will do so. Okay, so what else would you say investors should be considering? What else have we learned from 2023? And what else is just on your mind that you think is an interesting sort of way of playing 2024? Well, number one is definitely reassess your goals, right? If I have a down payment in six months, for example, don't try and chase technology or stock returns right now. Like that would not be good because you're just subjecting yourself to unknown amounts of volatility. So, uh, you know, invest that piece of money in money market funds for example, which can currently earn you four, five plus percent. And then look at your other goals. You know, are you saving up for a child's education? Are you saving up for a mortgage? Are you helping to take care of your parents? Is there a another home you're interested in buying? What, what other significant purchases do you have? Are you preparing for retirement? And once you map that out and understand the duration you have to those goals, you can properly organize your wealth in accordance with the way you want to design your life. And I think this is something that a lot of people miss out on. They are chasing returns rather than chasing their goals. And I think 2022, 2023, moving into 2024, all fantastic reminders of that. I would say that we're in a stage now versus, for example, 2021, 2022, where interest rates are higher. And things are a bit more normal, actually. So if you own bonds, you're paid off for owning bonds in those yields, right? Five, six, seven, eight percent, depending on where you are in your sort of risk spectrum. So the balanced portfolio actually makes more sense. What they say is like a 60-40 portfolio makes a lot of sense again, where there was probably less risk-return trade-off in that balanced portfolio going into 2021 when interest rates were almost zero. 
So there's a cushion in the economy because interest rates are higher, where central banks can lower rates and help to stimulate the economy. So I'd say we're actually in a stronger position where the world has more financial tools to help create a smoother journey for the economy. Good to hear. Good to hear. Great to get your insights there. And let's delve next time a little bit further into sort of reviewing your portfolio and helping you towards getting those goals. That's Greg Van, CEO of the digital wealth platform Endowers. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Carolyn.